Hi everyone, it's your host Liz and happy Saturday. Today's guest on the podcast is Shelby Dunn, co-founder of The Sister Market. A small town girl from Texas now living in New York for the past nine years, Shelby shares all her adventures with us from college life, her favorite restaurants, to running a business with her sister. This is Realistically with Liz. Hi, Shelby. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, of course. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm really excited for the audience to hear more about you. So I would love, I would love it if you could start by telling us a little bit more about where you grew up and, you know, what kind of led to you moving to New York. Yeah, so I grew up in Dallas, Texas, or really Garland, which is a suburb of um, Dallas, and I loved it. I had a great time, lots of friends, lots of activities, but, you know, we, like, traveled a lot as a family when I was growing up, um, especially around the United States, and so I was always, like, fully aware that there was other places other than Texas, like, there wasn't, that didn't have to be where I um, had to stay. And so I knew that. And so I kind of knew growing up that I wanted to be somewhere else, but I didn't really know where. And then my sophomore year of high school, I came to New York for the first time with friends. And it was like such that cliche moment that when we were in the cab on the way from LaGuardia, like into the city, and I saw the skyline for the first time. And I was like, Oh, my God, this is where I need to be. (laughs) So I literally spent the next three years of high school doing everything I possibly could to get to New York. I'm a Scorpio. So I'm like very like strong willed, passionate. So I did everything um, I could. Every decision that I made was like a stepping stone to get to New York. I told everybody at school, I was like, I'm moving to New York. And everyone was like, okay, what? Like, (laughs) You're doing what? But I just, I knew I had to. And um, my sister is six years older than me and she had a degree in fashion design. And I had always been really into fashion. And I was like, I think that could be like a good path for me, but not fashion design. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm not that kind of creative. <laughs> like I cannot <laughs> do that. Um, so I looked up like colleges in New York that I could go to that had to do with fashion. And I first came across FIT and I was like, this is the dream. Love it. But I was like, I need to apply to every school in New York so that I can get to New York no matter what. That was just like my mindset. But of course I wanted to go to FIT. Um, so I, I really, I came on a trip to New York like every year since then, since I came the first time and I was like, I got to do it. I visited all of the schools. Um, but I, I got into all of them. Um, but FIT was still like my number one choice. The day that that like letter came that I was accepted at FIT was like the best day (laughs) in the world. Um, and then it was just a countdown and moving there and then I made it here. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you were very determined from like the first time you like got to New York. And it's funny because that like that ride from the airport is definitely, Uh I feel like even now as I got older, like that ride always made me feel like at home. And it was just like, it really gave you almost like any, like, I don't know, any anxiety or anything you had, like coming off the airport or coming off the plane. Mm -hmm. Like it just was like, yes, I'm home. Like I'm no longer like, let's say I was on a work trip or a vacation. Mm -hmm. Like you just knew that you were like going home. Yeah, exactly. That still happens to me even now. Like anytime I leave, because sometimes when you're here for this long, especially now during quarantine, like we got to get out, you know, anytime I was traveling before and I still, I came home and it was just like, 
like your home. Like this is the place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit um, that you used to travel a lot with your family. Mm -hmm. So did you continue traveling when you started uh, school or was it a little bit more difficult because let's say you were, yeah, I don't know, maybe doing internships or you just more focused on, on classes? Right. Um, it was a little harder at the beginning. I would say like freshman and sophomore year of college, um, I didn't really travel that much. I think I was still trying to get used to living in New York and doing my internships, getting all my schoolwork done, but more like junior and senior year, we started really traveling um again which was nice to kind of pick that back up and um my sister moved to New York my sophomore year of college I believe um so she was here and we started living together sophomore year so I lived in the dorm freshman year um and then we moved into an apartment together sophomore year and so once we were both here together uh we did start traveling more again which was so nice yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit more about dorming versus actually living in apartments because mm-hmm. I also, um, <laughs> yeah, I also experienced that. So I, you know, as many of you have heard discussed in other episodes, I also went to FIT. We were a mm-hmm. year apart. Yeah. Um, and we met through one of our mutual friends that was also from Puerto Rico. So yeah, tell me I dormed freshman and sophomore year. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, that's when I kind of decided to move off campus because it just, one, you're in New York and the possibility is it's there. There's so many different neighborhoods that you can move into and explore versus, you know, we always talk about, we, everyone that ends up being on the podcast always talks about not having that like kind of traditional college experience that, you know, either when you're in a sorority or mm-hmm. I don't know, the campus housing or actual houses down the block from, from the school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit more, more about those fun times. It was, um, it was interesting <laughs> dorm life. Um, so I didn't know anybody coming to FIT, um, as most of us, I feel like don't really, um, cause FIT is very diverse and everyone's coming from the, all over the entire world. Um, so yeah, I didn't know anybody. So I didn't have like a roommate that I was like, okay, yeah, let's be roommates. Um, I think there was like some Facebook groups going around, um, to be like, Hey, do you like need a roommate or something? And I, I feel like I was on some of those and like, we talked to some people and there was a few people that we did like come together, but they, they like placed us together, but I didn't know anybody. Um, in my dorm, it was two bedrooms, two people in each bedroom. We had a kitchen and a bathroom. So the other two girls, I like barely saw, we had like nothing in common. So we weren't like friends I mean we were friendly but uh we didn't really hang out my then my roommate in my room she was actually only there the first semester she had to go um, back home for some reason I can't remember why so she was only there for the first semester and she was a fashion design major and those they were like basically up all night then kind of like slept all day and mine my day was the complete opposite. So trying to juggle our schedules together um, was kind of difficult. But after my second semester, I wished for her back. <laughs> um, so I actually, I'm not going to say any names, but I had a friend that I actually had move in with me um, the second semester because uh, she didn't like her roommate. So we like petitioned for her to come and move in with me and that ended up not being a good decision at all. <laughs> um, we're no longer friends, but it was just interesting. But I, this is gonna sound horrible, but I feel like I'm not somebody who can like easily share like a clo- 
like a close space like that. And so it was hard for me. I never, I always had my own room. Um, so it was just hard for me to share a room and have, you know, have to just deal with everybody else's schedules. And I was already, I had a tough time, even though I wanted to move to New York so bad. When I got here, it was just like a, oh my gosh, like what's happening when my parents left after they like dropped me off. I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm all alone. They're across the country from me. And so I was still kind of dealing with all of that like freshman year. And so I just kind of wanted to be in my own space. So it was hard to share a space together. Um, so I was so thankful that my sister decided to move here and then we could go into an apartment for sophomore year. Um, some people love the dorm life. Some people that is like everything to them. They love being around other people. I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> I mean, dorm life. Yeah. It's, it's obviously like not what you think in the movies, obviously, you know, having moved to Puerto Rico, just the space in general, like I, I never, I never had to share a room with my sister. Like we mm -hmm. both had, you know, separate rooms and even like, you know, our, when we moved there, like our house was like built from scratch. So, mm -hmm. you know, we had, we were very comfortable in the space that yeah. we had. And it was, you know, even though I remember growing up, I'd be like, damn mom, like, why didn't we move to the town where like, I went to school in a different town. So then going okay. to see friends, like after school, like when that kind of time came, like when you're a teen, mm -hmm. it was difficult because I didn't live in the same town that they did. So I couldn't just say, I couldn't be like, Hey girl, I'm going to go to your house, walk down the street. Like I literally right. like could, I physically couldn't either. Like it was at least like a 20 minute car drive to someone else's house. Gotcha. So that part was difficult. Um, but I, you know, I grew up with like a very small group of friends. Like we all went to the same school for like a really long time. So that's very different too, you know, moving to New York and kind of just right. being slapped with like all these, you know, different personalities, different people. And, you know, I was lucky. I, I mentioned this um, previously that my roommate was from Puerto Rico, was from back home. So I did okay. know her. So my first year was good, but then she decided to do the study abroad program. Mm -hmm. And once that happened, like year two, I was like, damn, who am I going to be like roommates with? Like, I'm going to get mm -hmm. some rando. So that's really when you kind of start being like, mm, do I need to be a little bit more extroverted? Like, who am I going right. to live with? Like, how is this going to change? And it's not super easy to do that, especially no. in, in FIT, because like you said, you know, they do group you. My roommate was also fashion design, even though we chose to live together. Yeah. The schedules are very different. I feel like one sophomore year came, my roommate also like, um, we ended up going to like the dorms that are obviously like a little bit farther away, like the Kaufman dorms and mm -hmm even that, it was, it was different. Like I hadn't spent a lot of time with my Ruby outside of like living together. So we had different schedules, but like, you know, we obviously you are sharing such a tight space with someone that you really need to be comfortable with them or try to be. So I right. feel like we had a good enough relationship, but then out of that, it, there was nothing. So that kind of, right. you know, it ends up being like, Oh, like, you know, you see these movies also that they're like, oh, we were friends in college and like, right. you know, it's, for me, it's not the case. Like, I don't have a lot of those to, you know, just say, oh my God, yes, they're coming to my wedding in 20 yeah. years, like someone right. from college. Yeah. So anyway, post FIT, if you were there for, I want to say the four years doing yeah. the, the two programs that uh, mm -hmm. are normally um, the course, uh, what was your first job like, like after, after college or what did you want to, like, what did you want right. to do with your major? 
Right. So when I went to FIT, I went into it thinking, oh, I'm going to be a buyer for Macy's, which I feel like is like the most cliche FIT, <laughs> like F of M major thing to say. Um, and when I was going through the program, I realized that I didn't really love buying. So I did my specialization in planning, which I liked so much better. But when I was doing my internships and I was in these offices, I realized that like the nine to five office job is just not for me. And if I go back for a second, my dad, um, my whole life has been an entrepreneur. He's owned, ran lots of successful businesses. And so that was the like role model that I had growing up. And so I always kind of thought in the back of my head, okay, yeah, I'm going to start my own business because I liked the freedom that he had. I liked that he was his own boss. Like he could, any activities that we had growing up, you know, he could just drop whatever he was doing at work and come, you know, whatever we needed because he was the boss. And I, I just, I liked that aspect of it. And I, I like being a boss. I like having my own company. So as I was kind of like doing my internships, like junior and senior year, that was kind of weighing on me because I was going into these offices and I was like, this is just, this is not for me. So I actually had a part-time job during that time doing visual merchandising um, for different brands in like all the major department stores in New York. So I was doing that part-time and then we actually decided to start our blog. It was the second semester of my senior year. And so doing those things in conjunction was like my plan for my job when I graduated. And when I did graduate, I went to doing the visual merchandising full time, um, as well as working on our blog on top of that. And so I did, I did the visual merchandising for, I think, two and a half years after we graduated. And um, I liked it. But again, that wasn't the like, full end career goal that I wanted, but I didn't know what I wanted yet. I was trying to just take that time to figure out what it was that I wanted to do, like what business did I want to start? And then it did eventually finally come to me. But just going back to the visual merchandising job, I actually really liked it because I did have some freedom because I went into the department stores and actually set up the displays. And so it wasn't like I was sitting in an office from nine to five, which is like I said, which I didn't want to do. So it was, it was really nice. I did like it, but I wanted to move on from that. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I worked for brands after college um, as well, and it, it was very similar type of situation. So part-time job it can turn into a full-time job, um, especially, you know, if you have the time available. Right. But again, it's, it's, you end up realizing that you just like, don't really know what you want to do. Right. And I feel like, you know, some people have it in them. They're like, yeah, I got a job after college, which I feel like I don't know anybody that had a job right out of college. No. Like everybody Nobody was did. like, yeah, everybody was like applying. And I feel like everybody thought it was going to be much easier than it actually yeah. was especially, you know, you even saying like, okay, it's, you know, sounds like a cliche, like buyer Macy's, mm -hmm. they came to our school all the time. Yeah. So I don't think it was that far fetched to, you know, think right. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. But like coming to recruit and then actually being like, okay, how many people graduate from our major from like the business school and go into that? Like you can only right. take a certain amount of people. So you, if you really want to become a buyer, you need to like excel and, you know, really show that that's like, you know, the direction you want to go into. And I, right. you know, had a similar experience that I did an internship in buying. And then that's when I realized I was like, mm, 
maybe yeah. not. Like maybe yeah. not. I'm going to, you know, transition a different way. I did the summer internship. I think it would have been shitty if I fell in love with an internship and then didn't get a job at that company. Yes. <laughs> Which, you know, well, and they even say that too, that like millionaires now, what they always tell you is you don't have one stream of income. You have your toes in multiple different things. That's how they have the money that they have. Like it's not something to be looked down upon if you have multiple jobs. There's nothing wrong with that. You're hustling and you're getting done what you need to get done. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all. So I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And talking to more people on the podcast too, and, and having listened to them, you know, whether it's in a freelance perspective or if they are actually working for, you know, a company and then have something that's like a side hustle. I think it's something that you shouldn't only see it as, okay, like let, yes, you need an extra like source of income, but even if you mm -hmm. need an extra creative outlet that can provide that. That it's Absolutely. something that like, if you're not completely fulfilled by your day job, then it's like, great. Like what else can we, you know, bring to the table? Yeah, no, so, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about, um, the blog that you started with your sister. Cause mm -hmm. you guys are still, you still have that, uh, till today, right? Yes. Yes. We still have it. Um, it's not our main focus at the moment, but it was for a while. So we started that in April of 2015, I believe. So five years ago. We had a lot of great plans for it and we still do, but right kind of when we started that was when the blogging industry became super saturated. And so it was a little hard to get your footing. We were trying, we were kind of focusing on all of the things we were trying to do, fashion, beauty, travel, New York, like we were trying to do all of the things. And most, when you look at most of the successful blogs, it's changed a little bit now with Instagram, but most of the blogs were, you had like your focus, but we had so many interests in with two of us that brings you even more possibilities and things that we like. We're into fashion, obviously, but we're not those kind of people who are just going to spend all of our money on it. We're not really into the whole like to know it situation. Let's just buy things to show our followers and then we're going to go return it. Like, don't even get me started on that whole situation, <laughs> but that's not us. And so we couldn't keep up with like the fashion side of it because A, that's hella expensive to do, but all of these people just buy the things and return them. Okay. Not all, but some of them do. So we kind of turned to focus on traveling and New York. We started these neighborhood guide posts on New York. So we picked like a neighborhood in New York and we wrote out a guide to everything about it. So like where to eat in the neighborhood, how to get there, um, you know, what to do, all of the things. And those to this day are our biggest posts. We get so many views on those every single day because people love them when they're coming to visit New York because New York is such a big destination for so many people and after we were living here we were just like why would we talk about New York like this is just our home this is where we live and then we had to like take a step back and be like oh people visit here every single day and like they don't know the ins and outs like we do so let's be that person and show that to them um so our big focus on the blog is New York and travel we did a ton of traveling um, in the five years since we've started. So those are our two biggest things, but then we started our other business. And so that's kind of taken a backseat a little bit. We still, we still work on it. We still post, we had like a shared Instagram together for the blog. Then we decided in January to 
stop posting on that Instagram and we just post on our personals. Um, the same content that we did mm-hmm. is just on two separate things. Hopefully when we can really travel again and we can do more things in New York, we can produce more content, but it's just a little hard at this moment to post anything really new. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that right now you're seeing, I mean, content creators, you're seeing just kind of like a whole different side of them. So either if they're, I mean, just because obviously of COVID, I think if they are extremely famous, then maybe they have an archive of things that they can just be like, post, post, send, send. And that's like really easy for them. I think that having a blog to my point is just really a good way that everything can kind of just live in one place and you know whether you know it has your name or it has like your brand that's something that you know it's it's controllable and like you can really kind of focus on like one one thing i mean look at tiktok tiktok I, was yeah, about to was tiktok say. was about mm-hmm. to disappear in like uh, like a second and right. it kind of i mean i could i can't even imagine like what did all those people do with their videos? Like, do they have them saved? Did they download them? Like, like their stats or something? Everything's a trend and everything's a cycle. Absolutely. Yeah. We've always made that a point um, because Instagram kind of really jumped up as soon as we started the blog. And, um, you know, like you said, Instagram can disappear tomorrow. And then what would happen to all these people that don't have a blog? Then we still have, you know, this following of people who still read our blog. So we're not going to lose them even if Instagram were to go away. So, you know, that's why we still do it. We still love it. Um, just wish we could get some new content, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. when that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, living in New York, especially right now has been challenging to say the least. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm happy that you're one of the few that, you know, decided not to go back home because I know a lot of people that did and now it's like um <laughs> yeah it's definitely I mean it's it's challenging times and it's not I mean sometimes it might feel like look I, I understand some people were like sure let's get out of New York it's March it's cold mm-hmm. um we'll see what happens with with things and now that it's like what five almost six months later you know it's, it's kind of sad to see it though, because, you know, really yeah. New York has changed. Like if anybody has like walked around there and I'm not discouraging anybody from coming here. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's different. It's very different. I mean, even mm-hmm. just the way that, you know, dining was such a big part of like our social life, you know, even just like grabbing dinner, grabbing a drink, grabbing a coffee, like yeah. the coffee shop experience. Getting coffee and just like sitting down at the table, even if it's just for like five minutes. Yeah. But like, you can't even do that anymore. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's so, I, I mean, I get you on the, on the content end of things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think that if you do, you know, if you have that audience already built and, you know, people are to expect it. And I think that you shouldn't be basically risking your life to go and get content right, somewhere exactly. in New York. I think that you still need to, you know, just consider like, okay, good. Like I saw that you guys said, um, I think I'm, I might, let me, you guys went somewhere upstate for a, like, for yes. a little, like a little trip that you posted about. Yeah. So, I mean, even if it's that, yeah. I mean, you know, it's different. It's not city. I totally get that. And like our neighborhoods, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very mm-hmm. different, but you yeah. know, you have to find ways to, you know, be creative during this time. Right. And it's travel. And, you know, that's the kind of travel that people can really do right now is those, you know, road trips to somewhere remote. You know, that's the stuff that people are, 
um, wanting to do. So I think it was a good thing and people loved um, reading about it. But, you know, also on the other hand, yes, we've been in quarantine and we can't really post on that stuff, but it's also helped our other business in different ways because retail has changed and our other businesses online retail, which is the only place people can really shop right now. So, you know, it's, it's pros and cons for each for sure. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about, um, you know, your second brand kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and you know, when you decided to launch this and kind of how that, you know, how that journey has been to just, you know, since you did mention it's online. So it's a direct to consumer business. So let's talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of like the ins and outs of that too. Right. So like I had said before, always wanted to start my own business and Ashley and I, we've always been close. And so we always knew we wanted to do something together. So we started the blog together and the system market was born from that because what we would do is um, for like the holidays, we'd curate like gift guides for people online. Um, And, you know, anything that we buy, people always loved our interior. They loved our style, you know, everything like that. And so one of my friends was like, you know, you guys should like curate like actual products and sell them because people love your taste. They love the things that you pick. And we were like, wow, that's a really good idea. And so that's how the sister market was born. And so we wanted to support other small businesses, other woman-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses. Um, So we source all of these, you know, homemade products from other people and we sell them on the sister market. And this all came to get, it came together in 2018. Yeah, we launched, it took about seven to eight months to like get everything together. And we launched November of 2018 and that's how it was born. So yeah, we have an online retail store um, of lots of products, lifestyle things. We have um, apparel, jewelry, accessories, skincare. Um, our biggest seller right now has been our like curated boxes that they're packaged like gifts and you can write a note to have so people can send them directly to people. So you just buy online and you put in the address of the person you want to send it to and we package it. You know, it's very nice. It's all put together, ready to go. It's not like super like bubble wrapped like if you ordered something from Target and like it's all gross like that's not how it's packaged um and yeah you include a note and you send it off and it's so easy because you know especially at the beginning of quarantine when people's birthdays that was a huge thing people were sending birthday gifts um you know anybody that was laid off we got a bunch of people sending those just like oh here's something to help you feel a little better um so yeah during this time we actually saw a major spike in sales on the sister market, whereas with the blog and as told by everything kind of took a downturn. So it was kind of like juggling like, okay, what do we need to focus on right now? Like we need to focus more on the sister market. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's different. And every time, every month has been different during this time too, because we've had ebbs and flows with the economy. You know, there was a second round of people being laid off. So we saw some sales dip then because people are trying to, you know, save their money. Now there's talk of another stimulus check. So now people are kind of spending more money. So it's just so many things that I have to pay more attention to now to follow like the economic trends has been a learning experience for me, for sure. Yeah. Tell me more about, um, you know, obviously working with other small businesses, but then kind of just being like the storefront. How, how did you create those relationships? Like, was it like, did you know anybody? Like, did you go into local shops or like, was it purely just like things you saw online and you reached out to these like certain brands? 
So a mixture of all. Um, so this is back in 2018 when we started this and we were starting to look for people. Um, so we have always shopped from Etsy before. So that was kind of like our first step because Etsy is usually, you know, homemade um, items. So we started with Etsy and we would just reach out to people and be like, hey, we love this. We're starting this store. We'd love to feature it in there. Do you offer wholesale prices? And we kind of cultivated relationships that way. I also found people through Instagram. Um, you know, just searching hashtags, finding people. There was also some brands that I had already followed that I loved. So just reaching out that way. Um, and then now there wasn't at the very beginning, but now there's several like wholesale retailer sites where there it's like solely for wholesalers and then we're on the other end and we can just purchase straight from them. But we still cultivate all these relationships and they have every right to say no, that they don't, you know, want to represent it represented in your shop. So, you know, you have to you have to cultivate those relationships. Um, and I, I talk to most of our people, at least on a weekly basis, just like keeping in touch and they're letting us know, you know, what new products they have coming up um, and everything like that. And as you know, you know, you have to plan for each season so far in advance. And so that's why this really works with my major back in college and finally using it. But I'm, I'm every, it's, it's not a one moment show, it's a two woman show, but like, as when you start a small business, you have to fulfill every single role, which is even harder because like in school, you know, you were kind of groomed to fulfill this one position and now you have to fulfill every position and some that, you know, maybe I didn't learn about. So it's constantly learning, constantly taking classes, being like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do this? And there's nothing wrong with admitting that you don't know how to do something. You know, you have to constantly learn and um, continue on and make relationships and yeah. Yeah, I, I think that you said some valuable things, especially um, about continuing to learn. I mm -hmm. think that obviously, yes, you know, if you do have an education, if you went to college, that's great. But once you're in a business, once you're running a business mm -hmm. or, you know, working for someone else, you should always try to sharpen your skills. And I think it's Absolutely. something that, you know, people don't talk about or maybe they're ashamed about. They're like, oh, I don't know that. Or, you know, maybe if you are running a business, then that's like, where you start thinking, okay, that's going to be my first hire. If I don't know how to do this, if I don't know yeah. how to do, I don't know, accounting, I need to hire someone that has accounting experience. And then, you know, again, that's how you end up building your team and doing your hires right. because, you know, there are certain things that you can try and say, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take some courses. I'm going to figure this out for us. And maybe in the beginning, you guys are wearing all the hats in the company, but then over time, as you start growing, like you're already two years, you know, you're about to be two years mm -hmm. old. So that, you know, that means something like if, if you're like two years in and you're like, okay, I'm really bad at accounting. Like we yeah. need to hire someone. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that you could then say, okay, I gave it the, like, I gave it a try. Maybe now it's like, you need to, you know, use X money, whatever. And like actually right. do some hires. Cause I'm sure, you know, as I've, I mean, as I've heard with like multiple entrepreneurs, you know, those first years are really crucial. So, you know, cultivating those relationships yourself, I think that's like great yeah. because it's really, you're making those connections and that's really, you're talking about your brand and who right. else is going to know your brand like you and your sister. So I think that exactly. that's really, you know, as you can talk about it and like, you know, what you hinted, like, I'm sure that it's like, you know, even though you guys were curating these, um, lists on your blogs, like, I'm sure that 
at some point now, like when you think about it, it's like, okay, maybe your sister's like the creative one and you're like the more business one. And that's, what's been able to like make the partnership even work. Because again, like, you know, one, not every, you know, sister dynamic is great. So I'm sure that, you know, even, you know, being business partners now, but also being family, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's been a very, you know, probably interesting experience. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it has. I mean, we've always been close and we're similar, but we're also different. And to your point, like you said, I actually am more of the business one. She is more of the creative one. So we each kind of take on these different hats and we kind of make a complete you know, kind of business with us together, which is, I think, why it works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say we don't argue because we do. <laughs> and, you know, you don't agree on every single thing, but you have to compromise. You have to talk it through and figure out, okay, no, this is the direction that we're going to take. But it's like that in, in any business. But since we started the blog first and we had like three years of that under our belt before we started this business, we kind of knew what we were going into, going into a serious business together which I think really helped that we kind of tested the waters before um but yeah I mean it it has its pros and cons (laughs) working together but I think more pros than cons for sure yeah well I mean that's that's good to hear but I think even talking about um as you mentioned with the blog like Mm -hmm. I'm sure that your roles were very different there too maybe it was like making sure that certain content went up who's writing it who's doing the final edits, yeah. you know, how are we doing this? Like, was it like someone had to do it right away? Like, was there scheduling tools back then? So like, you know, I know that now there's so many, there's so many more tools that are at our disposal that sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I think that that's really, you know, and when you're starting out, like, you know, I just started out this, started this podcast, you know, back in March, like it's very new, but you know, you kind of just start going down a list of things that you start finding and you're like, okay, great. Like, that's really what I've been doing. Like anytime I use a new, I don't know, app or tool, I try to like write it down somewhere and be like, okay, yeah. great. Was this like actually easy to use or was it just like really difficult? Is it free? Is there a cost? And right. just trying to like, just stay up on that, even though it's like, okay, great. You know, I don't have to, like, no one's asking me to. It's just really for myself to kind of keep track of things to be like, okay, great. I was able to accomplish this much on, I don't know, a $0 budget right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, for me, I use Instagram as like my Google search engine. Like that's the first place that I look for anything. Even if I like I'm walking down the streets of New York and I see a restaurant, like I'm going to go to their Instagram before I go to anything else. I know not everybody is that way, but I'm that way. So that's a big place that I find um, new businesses and new products because I'm just constantly on Instagram all day. I feel like my brain turns to mush a little bit because I'm just staring (laughs) at Instagram and, you know, interacting with people. And I think as a small business, social media is the most important thing you can use because it's free. So it's like, why would you not? Unless you're advertising, which is obviously not free, but you know, you can do so much for free on social media. And I hate when people aren't taking advantage of it because I'm like, it's, it's so easy. And it's, I mean, it's not, it's easy to an extent, but you have to know what you're doing. But I just, I wish more people were well-versed in social media. I wish there were like classes on social media. There are some online, but the problem is, is that it changes so much. It changes every single day. So it's like one, 
you know, someone can say, oh, this is how to beat the algorithm, then they can change it the next day. And then it doesn't matter. So it's just a constant battle. And I think just being present on social media is the most important thing, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the algorithm, I think that if we would have started, I mean, I'm sure when you first launched your blog, the algorithm was still in place, like the normal, like, yes, whatever time you post, that's when it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I mean, if it was still, sometimes I wonder what if they just like switch it back on one day, like that'd be so nice. Cause I mean, it's really, I mean, it's challenged a lot of creators out there and even businesses to your point to just have to figure out, Oh my God, did you see, like, did you see my post? Oh, you didn't see it. Let's say on the business side of things, I'm not even thinking the influencer side of things, like on the business side, let's say you are trying to promote a sale or you're trying to promote a special if you're a restaurant Mm -hmm. and you're like, Hey, like do this, do that. It's so hard if you don't have that engagement to act for everybody to see it. And then you'd be like, okay, I follow, like, I've been like, let's say I've been to this restaurant. So of course I follow them. And then you just miss it because you haven't been liking their photos. I don't know. And then that's it. And then you missed it. And I think that sucks because like, even, you know, when COVID started, on a restaurant side, what if they're doing like special promos, special packages? Cause like, let's say they have to get rid of like a large amount of, of food or something. Right. Because at the time, like it was really just like overnight that, you right. know, they announced everything hey, shut down, yeah. shut down, close yeah. your doors. And it's kind of like you're, if you can't reopen, which, you know, not every restaurant did like the next right. day and adapt to just being, you know, takeout and delivery. I think the key is to just like staying active and like can even though like everybody was like oh my god we're consuming so much social media now but it's really like you know if you look back to movies that are in like 2020 basically that happened years ago when they thought there was gonna be like flying cars and uh-huh. holographic things and we don't <laughs> have that so right. like I literally keep you know what I always tell my boyfriend? I'm still waiting for the microwave that I can get the McDonald's from that they show in Spy Kids. Yes. So yes. that doesn't <laughs> yes. exist. I went off topic, but that doesn't exist. So I'm like, you know, if we That's have- a memory I forgot I had. <laughs> if you have like digital, like you have to try, like you don't need to be an expert. I agree with you with that. Like, yes, there should be a little bit more help in terms of tools or maybe you need to be reaching out to people that can offer their assistance. Mm-hmm. I wish Instagram was more helpful because they're not. They have like basically zero customer service. They don't respond to anything. They're very like, they don't like to tell you the details of anything, which I don't think is right. Like if you have this huge platform that pretty much every single person is on, people are trying to run their businesses from, like you should want to help them because in turn that helps you become more successful because you get more people on the app. So I just, I I do wish that they were more, helpful. Yeah. I feel like they cater to the creators that have the huge followings and I feel like they don't care as much about smaller creators. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but <laughs> no, by any means anybody yeah. that's listening if you have a different opinion <laughs> send us a, send yeah. us an email about that. Um no, I, I agree because you know you do. If you have a small business, you're creating a different username, you're creating a different page. So if they're gaining more users and more, you know, engagement by having all these other, um, yeah, by having more users and having followers, it's you'd expect some help. You, yeah, you'd expect sure. something there, um, especially yeah. that you know other businesses 
devote a lot of their dollars to customer support. So, right. Exactly. So, okay. I love hearing about the sister market. Obviously you've, you know, you've had that kind of entrepreneurship feeling in you since probably really young. Once you probably Mm -hmm. figured out that that was something that could be a possibility, what would be your goal for like next year for like the sister market? Is there like a certain brand that you're like really excited to like get on the, get on the platform or is it just like in terms of growth? Like what, what are some of the things you kind of have in in, in strategy? Yeah, I think, I think growth in general, whether it's social growth, um, sales growth, you know, even just awareness of our brand and all, you know, I'd love to like double or triple our sales because that's the trend that we've been having. So by this point, you know, I'd love our, my big goal on Instagram is to hit 10,000 followers on Instagram because that's a big thing because you get the swipe up on Instagram stories when you have 10,000, which again, don't get me started on why nobody else can have that. I think it's stupid, but like, I feel like that's a big goal for everyone to hit that 10,000 so we can get there. But yeah, I mean, I think just grow in general. There's not a specific brand at this moment that I'm thinking about, but just bringing awareness to more, you know, other small businesses, small creators, women-owned, definitely continue um, to, for our products to be even more diverse um, as we grow over the next year. Would you ever consider doing a pop-up in the future if, you know, things calm down and showcasing all these different brands? Yeah, I think for sure. It's going to be interesting to see the way that retail changes and if more pop-up style markets will become the norm instead of people owning like a retail space that they lease Mm -hmm. out every month. I think we might go more towards that pop-up trend. So yeah, definitely I, I can see us doing that for sure. Awesome. So I want to get into one of my segments of the podcast, which I like to call All About New York. So mm-hmm. now that you've been here nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Nine I was like, and obviously with like starting the blog, like I'm sure your answer to this question is probably, you know, a good one. Um, I would love to hear more about like some of your favorite places um, in New York and, you know, what you really learn to like love and hate about New York. I know, you know, with the blog, mm-hmm. you mentioned you had these like neighborhood guides. Uh, so yeah, I would, I would love to hear your, your take on this. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I love about New York is how diverse it is. I think it's awesome. I love that there's always something to do. Like you're never bored. I feel like you're always around other people, although that might be a little different right now, <laughs> but before, you know, it was always different. And going back to the neighborhood guys, I felt like each neighborhood was truly like a different neighborhood. Like everything is so different and that always comes with its pros and cons, but I love that about it. I, we even, we, I live on the Upper East Side and we walked to the Upper West Side, um, like a week or so ago. And when we like came out of the park on the other side, I was like, wow, I've just, I forgot like how different like the West Side is from the East Side. Like it's, it's all similar because it's all still New York, but it's still, it's so different. It's different people. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I love the diversity, um, and how you're never bored and I love food. We should talk about food. We should talk about our favorite restaurants. (laughs) I'm okay. Let me see. I have so many favorite restaurants. I, I'm a big sucker for takeout and I love Indian and Thai food. There's a great Indian place around the corner from my apartment. I'm not going to say the name 
for obvious reasons because I just said it was so close to my apartment. But I love, um, I just, I love, you can get any food that you want in New York, like at the drop of a hat, like, especially growing up in Texas, like we had, I mean, I don't think I ever had Indian food in Texas or even really Thai. I know we had like Chinese, but like here I was open, like my world was open to like so many other flavors and variety of food, which I love. That's a huge thing that has like drawn me to staying in New York is the food because I feel like even when I go home or if I talk to some of my extended family, like they just don't have access or they've never had it or, you know, they are like, oh, I don't think I'd like that. And I'm like, yeah, you would if you just like try it. I just <laughs> feel like sometimes people just aren't exposed. And I think that's such a cool thing about New York is all the different cultures that you get exposed to on a daily basis here. I love. Yeah, I think food is definitely like one of the perks that we have here because, you know, very similar. Um, even growing up in Puerto Rico, you would think like you're like, OK, like, where am I getting good pizza in Puerto Rico? Oh, Pizza Hut. Yeah. That's where I got pizza from. And, you know, being here, I'm like, okay, like, you know, that's, I'm not not getting Pizza Hut in New York um, for obvious reasons. But, you know, if you are like, let's say walking to a different neighborhood, you could still choose to be like, great, I can't dine here, but maybe I could just do takeout, bring it home. Or like, you know, if it's not extremely hot, sit at the park, have, you know, do that. That there's just new ways to kind of like invent what like our, normal life was like before yeah the new the finding the new normal is going to be interesting but it's going to change again because now the weather's changing again and it's going to get cold again and then you know well the only thing we can do is sit outside but it's going to be too cold to sit outside so then it's going to be more just like delivery and quick takeout instead of being able to enjoy anything even at a social you know distance so it's just ever changing for sure. Yeah. But I feel like yeah. that's a good like metaphor for New York because New York is always ever changing. Yeah. Thinking now, like taking a moment to like think of when the winter's gonna come, obviously it's gonna be a whole different a whole different game and like we'll definitely be like an extreme quarantine. But yeah, I mean there's there's so many things that we just need to like support these small businesses as much as we can. Yes. Because yeah even though a lot of people are saying like New York will never be the same, like we wanted to get pretty close to what we, right. what, we what we're used, we're used to having. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been out since probably in the last like two months, you know, when I felt more comfortable, like going out more, like I try and go to like a local coffee shop every weekend to support them. You know, I try to order in or pick up takeout like once a week because I mean, as a small business owner myself, I've known small business owners my whole life. My dad is one that that's just always been a passion of mine. So like I, like you said, I want them to be successful. I want them to come back. So I'm just doing my part to be able to help them out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm not telling everybody go spend all your money on small businesses because you do need to, you know, live and provide for yourself. Right. You know, if it's just one day a week, like you mentioned, like I think there needs to just be that really good balance. Okay. Any final thoughts or advice for anybody that is thinking of moving to New York, obviously regardless of COVID, um, Uh if they're thinking of moving here or if they are thinking about starting their own business, going Mm -hmm. into like that entrepreneurship lane, yeah. What, what would you, what would you say to them? What, what do you think that you wish you knew a little bit better Mm -hmm. or things that you're still learning? Yeah. So in regards to moving to New York, 
don't take this the wrong way, but it's not as glamorous as it seems. And it's gonna be very different from this like picture that you've created in your head. But if you let that go, it will be better than the picture that you created in your head for sure. And I think if you wanna move here, you have to just like bite the bullet and do it. Like it's gonna be scary, but I think just go for it and do it. Um, and in regards to starting your own business, kind of the same thing. If you're passionate about it, you really want to do it. I think just do it. Keep your head up. Uh, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. It's a good thing to make mistakes because you learn from them and you grow from them and just keep going is kind of my, my motto. Like just through everything, just, just keep on keeping on for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. I think that the one good thing or not good thing, but the one thing that you should always remember is also if you find it hard to, you know, being like keeping yourself, you know, okay, like I'm doing the right thing or, you know, I'm not crazy for starting this business. It's surrounding yourself with people that will be in your corner. And, you know, whether it's family or whether it's friends that have experienced the same thing, like, you know, it's different to just reach out to like a network, but I think people that truly know you and know, yeah, who you are as a person and like, just like your work ethic, they could be like, okay, really good motivators. Um, but also check in with them as well. Don't just expect other people to just be like, you got this girl. If you're not telling them the same thing. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a two way street. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, Shelby, thanks so much for, for joining me on the podcast today. I'm really excited for for everyone to listen to this episode and for them to find your brand. So where they can find you online and I'll make sure to link everything as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. My uh, personal Instagram is just Shelby a Dunn. Um, and then we have as told by That's our blog. And then we have the sistermarket.com, which is our storefront. And then all of the socials with the sister market is just at the sister market. Perfect. Thank you so much for, for joining me and thank you. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode for podcast updates and more information on our guest, visit our website at realistically with Liz and don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next Saturday and have a great day.